Hello, everybody. I'm Hannah. I'm Kylie. And this is Back Up for Grabs. Today we're talking about season two, episode one, Stranded. So weird to be back with a whole new cast, whole new season. <laughs> I'm loving it already, though, actually. It's, it feels like a fresh, like, oh man, we're doing it again. Like, we've been pretty much watching this week by week, so I feel like it takes us about the same amount of time to Get record that it would. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't know. It's like feeling reattached to everybody all over again when you binge it, which is what we usually do. You, like, forget people and things that happen and stuff <laughs> and everything blends together. Well, and it's exciting to see what's going to happen next since we do wait until, you know, the next week to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, do you want to kick us off with a 15-second recap? All right, and go. All right, our cast comes in on this military-looking plane. They have to hike a long ways into the jungle in order to find their camps. There ends up being this relay race-type challenge, and Ogakor wins, and then they go to tribal, and Deb's gone. <laughs> That's pretty good. I tried. <laughs> a lot happened. It's the first episode. Yeah. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. So the castaways get dumped in Australia. They have to do a really long hike in. No one has fire or water. They go to a challenge, which is pretty long, and then Kucha loses. So they have to go to tribal council, and they all vote for Deb, except Deb, who votes for Jeff. That was really good. I feel like it didn't really tell you anything about <laughs> details. <laughs> it's hard. We, we tried. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, they all come in on this military-looking plane. And Jeff even mentioned that... So they were lined up, like, facing each other, basically, on each side of the benches on the plane. And Jeff was like, oh, yeah, they can't talk to each other until the plane lands. And I always thought that that was just, like, an unspoken rule, like, when they came in on boats in future seasons. And and they weren't chatting ever. Yeah. Right. But then Jeff was like, no, you're not allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. And they all seemed pretty, like... I don't know. I don't know if they, it seemed like they lined up, like, the Kucha members on one side and the Ogakor on another, so the people you're looking at aren't even your tribe mates, necessarily. True. And they found out their tribe names. When they looked at the Nothing was announced. Yeah, I think it was just on their map to, like, you know, Kucha Beach or whatever. So they, there were only, they kind of landed in this, like, very threadbare, like, sandy runway situation with Mm -hmm. two giant crates. Um full of supplies and they're told that heavy supplies yeah they have 15 or five minutes i think they said to, to get grab to take whatever they wanted to take but they have to hike with it all five miles to get to their camps um and it's the unofficial first challenge what is what Jeff <laughs> says and it did prove to be um challenging very challenging uh we've got kucha in blue buffs and ogakor in green and even just these first few minutes I found really interesting. Like, even though she kind of comes off as maybe quiet, Amber's the one that starts reading it out loud to everybody right at the start um, on their, like, maps or instruction manuals, whatever's written on their parchment paper. They're all kind of helping each other load up. And they've got, like you said, some pretty heavy stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I noticed that they popped the, like, lid off of the crate, and I was thinking, oh, I would just, you know, put all of the things on that and use it to kind of carry amongst, you know, four people holding each corner. I didn't know if it was allowed, but then I saw them actually using the, the lid of the crate, so. 
Yeah. As they're hiking, we kind of see people shift what they're carrying around a little bit from the looks of it. Like, there was a part where, like, Roger and Scoobin were carrying, like, the cans in between them instead of, like, one each and stuff like that. Then Um, Scoobin took his water canister for a walk. (laughs) Down a hill. (laughs) Chasing it. (laughs) Yeah. This hike is pretty brutal from the looks of it. Yeah, they had to climb over, like, fallen trees and so many different, you know, roots of trees. And And Colby, so at least for Ogacore, he said it was pretty much in deep sand, the path that they're going through, which Mm -hmm. even that's just a lot. If the ground is flat, like, <laughs> and and then they were each going the wrong way. I think at one point too, because they had to use compasses to look at the direction they were supposed to go for the like on the map. Mm-hmm. And I think both tribes made comments of, "We don't know where we're going. We don't know how to follow a compass." Yeah, which accurate is a little problematic when all you have is a compass. Yeah, um, I will say that. Deb and Kimmy both annoyed me already in their hike to find their camp. Mm-hmm. They were both a little too vocal for my liking. And they, I don't know, I feel like they're both kind of sarcastic, which doesn't always come off well with a group of new people when no one really knows you yet and has like, oh, that's just your sense of humor to compare it to kind of thing. Like Kimmy was just basically telling everyone they were wrong. <laughs> Deb was insisting that they stick with the plan even when it was clear that the plan was um, not the correct direction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then speaking of directions, Keith ran ahead for his tribe to see where the camp was. And like for me, I probably wouldn't have wanted to separate from my tribe or to have my tribe separate from me. I mean, it worked out for them because he was like, oh, our camp is like right here. But in such a like you only know a couple people. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like, I wouldn't want to separate and, like, potentially get lost either. Yeah, and on Kucha, so not Keith's tribe, they talked about how, like, four of them got split off. And I'm like, how does that happen? Right. Like, there's only eight of you. Like, did you really (laughs) fall behind or, like, get left behind? (laughs) Yeah, and it wasn't, like, a huge plot point in the sense that, like, obviously they found each other. But Mm -hmm. I don't... I mean, I've been on, like, tons of backpacking trips... Never happened. Like, <laughs> you keep an eye on your buddies. And that's with trails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a little bit of an interesting kind of, uh, I guess, kickoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they both make it to their beaches. Right. And I thought that Deb was right to say that they should be up in the trees. But then she kept talking and, you know, bossing people around. And that was a little hard for me to continue listening to. Whereas... On the other tribe, they started building on the beach, and I thought that was their first mistake of the season. Hmm. Yeah, and I they, there seems to be a debate about, you know, rocks versus some other, like, wood as far as shelter. I don't know. There's a lot um, going on there. Both tribes, I thought, did seem like they were getting along pretty well, and they were pretty cute when they first got to their beaches. Both of them were like... yeah celebrating jumping in the water well they all put an effort too to build the shelter like you didn't see anybody sitting around or complaining too much about oh this is so much work like I don't want to carry logs and there's so many survivor seasons where the first vote out is someone who was completely useless to the tribe just in terms of camp life and that wasn't the case here because everyone was pitching in I mean maybe it would have been if it was oak core 
I don't know. Um, yeah. So then we have a comment over on Ogrecore. Jerry says that she's viewing everything that other people are doing as strategy. I thought that was interesting. I did too. I think everybody probably on this season watched the previous one and thought, oh, Richard's, well, essentially what we've said multiple times, which is Richard's the only really strategic one. So I guess I'll win if I'm the strategic one from the beginning, but everyone thinks that. So now it's like. But you can't just say that everybody, what everybody else is doing is strategic. You have to also have like a strategic plan for yourself and then recognize what the strategic plan is that other people may or may not be doing. And yeah, how that fits in with relation to the rest of your tribe. Exactly. Um, and I think, I mean, I've never been on Survivor. I can't totally say this, but I feel like when you first get there and you're trying to get a camp together, the objective is literally just to get a camp together. Like, and the fire. Like you just want those two things. And you can't, I mean, maybe like two or three days in, then you start to be making friends and, you know, alliances kind of form more naturally, but there's no need for her to have been like, oh, when this person volunteers to do this, that means something. Like The only like implicit strategic like thing that I could even guess to be happening at this point is, you know, Scoopin for his tribe was trying to lead and make the shelter. And so that could pinpoint him as a leader, which we see later and Mm -hmm. like in that regard. But he also may not have intentionally wanted to be the leader or maybe he did in trying to build the shelter. So in that role, maybe it's strategic, but. Yeah. And he did say in one of his um, like side interviews that he had had kind of construction experience, which then everyone started saying like, well, Rogers built houses, blah, blah, blah. in their interviews. And it's like, maybe no one knew that. Like, yeah, I well, I, I like Scoopin. I don't know that he would have... Um, Back down? I think taken the lead if he thought that someone else was already effectively doing that. And so if, you know, he was being large and in charge and everyone was complaining about it, it's also like, when I say everybody, I primarily mean Deb because she was the one that was... Bringing maybe it up. other people said it too. I don't know. But in her interview, she's like, "Doesn't he's being a leader. We don't need one person in charge. But and I, it also seems like Deb prefers Roger. Like she's always off talking to him too. So it could be a personality issue. Roger just seems nice. He does. Um, but yeah, I think to Deb was just trying to find something wrong with whatever Mike was doing. <laughs> and I, I thought her argument was kind of lame. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do you mean one leader? When has that ever worked? And it's like, the, pretty much every organization ever is under one leader. Like, you know what doesn't work? Having multiple leaders. <laughs> but what really doesn't work is having none. Like, <laughs> And all they're trying to do is build the shelter at this point. One that's, you know, stable and will get them through the night. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you know, Mike was the one that thought he had the most experience, like, I'm sure even if it's not what Roger exactly would have done, Mike's shelter is better than Deb's shelter. Like, <laughs> Definitely. I did want to make a correction. Colby doesn't, in fact, have an American flag. That's one of the things I said in our season two preview two weeks ago. Um, but he has a Texas flag, which has the same colors as the American flag for whatever reason. So I don't know why I associated it in my head, but there's that. We kind of get into nighttime. Neither tribe has made fire yet. Nope. They really we- did try, though. Yeah, not for lack of effort. On either of their ends. Well, and um, you and I noticed that, like, Amber was actually putting in work. And I think we're watching Amber closely because we 
we didn't remember her completely from this season. We remember her, obviously, from later. Mm-hmm. And so we want to know how she gets to come back later. And so we're picking out everything that she does now. Yeah. And I think from a... I would guess from a producer standpoint, they're going to want people to come back that are the audience finds interesting to watch or that they really like to work with. So I'm guessing that Amber's probably more of the latter or mm-hmm. was at that point. Mm-hmm. And she obviously became a big focus in subsequent seasons. But I think, I don't know, for now she seems to be like the Elizabeth of Ogacore. Like they seem to kind of have the same nice, mm. sweet girl, still young. helpful, yeah. young, yeah. Nice hair for some reason still. Mm. <laughs> After being in the outback for like days. <laughs> yeah, so Keith and Amber seem to be doing most of the fire stuff on Ogacore. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's a... I don't think we saw one specific person doing it on Kucha, but later Deb mentions that she's the only one that cared about fire, which seemed a little... Pretentious. Yeah, like, are you sure you're the only one that cared about the key thing you need to survive? Yes. Are you sure? Like... <laughs> Um, especially after, you know, they didn't get their access to matches Mm -mm. in the challenge, so. They legit have no fire. Yes. Uh, and so we kind of, they slide into darkness with no fire for nighttime. (laughs) They do. And there's a lot of drama about that. Well, it's also because, I mean, they've had a long trek that day. You have met these people for the first time. I don't think all the personalities mesh right off the bat, especially when you don't know them. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, especially when you don't know them. Like, Mm -hmm. at some point, you can, you know, work with people you aren't as compatible with, but they don't really know how to do that yet. This is not that time. No. Um, But they're laying on whatever shelter they've built thus far, Mm -hmm. maybe trying to go to bed, yet there's screaming. (laughs) Kimmy has um, an outside voice, and that is it. (laughs) Yeah, I think some of the younger people are still in... um, Like sleepover camp mode. Summer camp mode, yeah, exactly. And they're thinking like, oh my gosh, this is so fun, we're on an adventure, blah, blah, blah. While like some of the older people slash people with headaches who might be sick, for example, Jeff, (laughs) um, are not as enthused about this. And from... Various interviews, it seems like this wasn't, like, for five or ten minutes before he went to sleep. It was, like, she had a story, so she's going to keep everyone up while she tells it, even if no one actually asked, uh, for hours. And so I think Kimmy is on... Thin ice. Everyone's nerves by the time they get up. But it seems like, like you said, day Kimmy and night Kimmy are very similar. So I don't think people... Like, people were probably annoyed with her all day leading up to that, and then that just made it... It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff's comment is that he, Kenny can't say a single thing without screaming it. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jeff's voice, can we just acknowledge that it is the same as I remembered it. <laughs> and I love him. Jeff's, Jeff's a cutie when he he's is. younger. Yeah. he's He seems really nice too. And he's unfortunately sick since the second they land, basically. And like we do see that. Like he throws up, he has, you know, dizzy spells, but mm-hmm. I don't think it really impeded his ability to contribute to his tribe in the sense that, like, he still helped build as far as we could see. And, like, yeah, maybe he was sick, but some of the people on his tribe put such an emphasis on that and, like, cast him out, whereas we've seen people super sick in other seasons that legit 
you know, incapacitate them. Even just last season, Ramona was really sick. Right. And she stayed around for, I think, three votes. Right. Um, maybe only two on her tribe. I don't know. I don't remember. But point being, yeah, that's definitely not something that's been a focus previously. And, and he's not complaining about it either. He's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I can't contribute. I want to go home. Whereas they're like, oh, he's sick. Yeah. Even when he's talking to other people, it seems like he doesn't seem... Like, he's not acting sick, you know what I mean? Like, right. doubling over. The most that he talks about it is to the camera. Mm-hmm. And, well, I don't even know that he mentioned What's anything name? when Kimmy was talking to No, Zubo. he talked to... Oh, yeah. Well, but he was only talking about it because she was telling him that Deb said that... Right. Ev- that he wanted to go home. Uh, Alicia. And then he was like, are you kidding? Alicia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad he stuck up for himself. Yeah. And I think... I think Deb could very easily have been on the chopping block anyway, but her telling everyone that Jeff wanted to go home was maybe just... It's like, you don't need to call someone out for that. It's mm-hmm. it's not not good. Yeah. But we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So first we get um, maybe some hunting for food. They find this bush with figs on it. Um Mike bravely bites into a fruit, and it's full of kind of these gnat-looking ant things. And I fly. I will say this is right after the camera showed a quote-unquote bush guide that they were given. Seems as though Scoopin may not have read that because he chose to eat bugs. It's very possible. I, I do see his point, though. Like, the initial thing is spit it out, but then it's like, when you open it, all the bugs are hopping around or whatever. If you get rid of all of them, obviously they were eating something, so it's got some... And definitely cooking them would help. Obviously they don't have fire yet, so they can't, but I think once they're able to cut them open and put them face down and cook them, it'll be fine. Figs that once housed bugs are better than no figs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think your priorities shift pretty quick out in the bush. <laughs> and... They start getting desperate. Roger starts using pages from his Bible, which is his personal item. Um, he said, he, he was, he mentioned it wasn't any pages that had scripture on them, but, which I thought was kind of sweet. He was like, but if it came to it, like, I'd use those too. <laughs> he was um, sweet. And it didn't end up helping them because they still can't get any fire to actually use said kindling. Right. K- nope. Kindling. Yeah. I said kindling. Oh, Let's, did you? thought mm. i'm a little you can probably tell guys it's kind of <laughs> congested a bit it is northern california is going hard on the allergies today yeah well really for the past like two weeks probably yeah well i also did notice not in this moment but later i think alicia did have glasses that she eventually tried to use and so i was like why didn't you do that earlier when it was super sunny and hot out but it's okay yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they were hers, but they had a pair of glasses. Yeah. Um, but going to Roger's Bible, it was really cute that his son-in-law had written a note in there for him. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a scavenger hunt because he kept flipping pages and finding new things. Mm-hmm. So then we get into Jerry. Kind of has this tiff with Keith. We're not totally sure what it's about specifically. She says that he made some comments that were. Not sitting well with her, essentially. And she's not the type of person to let, let it roll go. off her back. Mm-hmm. 
And she does recognize, I mean, that she doesn't get along with him and that they're not compatible people together. Mm-hmm. But she also, well, I mean, I don't know if she said anything to him, but she at least was acting differently towards him because he said himself, like, you know, things are a little rocky, so I'm trying to, like, involve her. In, in her a, own way. Yeah. And so what that looks like is Keith and Amber doing all the work and Jerry um, serenading them with her drum. Which still doesn't produce fire. Yeah. And she almost seemed to, like, laugh at them when they had, like, a particularly close call and they were, like, exhausted. She's like, are you guys okay? And, like, giggled. And it's like, I don't know that you can, like, snicker at that. (laughs) But, you know, that's Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get into this reward plus immunity challenge because they do get fireproof matches if they win but they also win immunity and don't have to go to tribal um double whammy and i thought it was a really cool challenge it was definitely pretty physical mm-hmm. um this huge long relay race where at first they have to like navigate this bridge and use like planks to go across it at certain points then this raft and swim situation then a raft pulley situation and then use these rungs to build a ladder and use their torch to light this giant I don't know figure on the top (laughs) the victory branch pile (laughs) yeah victory (laughs) love it and and it seemed pretty close for most of it yeah I think even though Ogre once they pulled ahead they were pretty much ahead the whole time until they ended up winning Mm -hmm. but there was never a huge gap even when Cooch's raft ended up capsizing. Right. On they the were all leg. on the same leg at each stage. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, so their raft capsized. It took out one of the objectives was to keep your torch lit the entire time. Mm-hmm. And Cooch's got put out when it hit the water. Um, but they got it back up pretty quickly. They did. And then got to the, they were to the point where they were putting the rungs into their tower or whatever before the other team won so they weren't too far behind um I did feel bad for them and I'm not totally sure where they went wrong because I mean like it seemed like they had all the weight on one side of the raft like they well that's where they capsized but I don't know why they were behind before that because like um Elizabeth fell in at one point but that didn't they seemed already they were a little behind at the plank thing uh, they were, yeah. I think that might have been it because the first, so after the planks with the bridge, Elizabeth fell in and Roger pulled her out, but then... They were both still moving. Yeah. Right. But then once they got to the, where they have to swim with the raft, like, um, Ogakor was done with their swim when Kucha was starting their, or like kind of in the beginning of their swim. Yeah. So maybe the plank thing had more of an impact than we saw. It could have. I think part of it, too, is that, I mean, it could have been the run because Roger's True. a little bit slower. Yeah, because there was a, from the bridge to the sw- to the swim. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't think it was any, like, the fact that Elizabeth slipped and fell was never again mentioned. Like, I no. don't think anyone. No one was really at fault for mm-hmm. the challenge. And they didn't blame anyone either once they got back. Yeah, because you'd think if it was based off of, I don't think anyone even mentioned the challenge specifically as a reason to vote anyone off. Mm-mm. They um, kind of wanted to vote off the weakest person. Yeah, and it seemed like everyone had a different way to like measure who that 
was. Mm-hmm. Um, no one said that Deb was not a hard worker or anything like that, but it was her name, Jeff Varner's, and who Roger. else did she say? Roger. Mm-hmm. Roger's old, Jeff is sick, and she Deb is, is old too. Well, and disliked. <laughs> Because, I mean, Scoopin even made the comment, like, anyone over 50 would have difficulty. Mm-hmm. Which isn't completely true, but... I mean, Tina. <laughs> uh, which, I don't know that she... She probably was in her 50s by this point. I think so. Maybe late 40s. Yeah. But still on the older And she looks great. Yeah. Doing good. Um, so, yeah, in case we didn't summarize that, Ogacore did win. <laughs> um, they also lit the entire tower... On, on fire, fire at the end of it. I forgot how excited everyone is to light things on fire towards the beginning of the show. Because it seems like every opportunity to, like... Jeff is like, you get to now light it on fire. To, like, burn something. <laughs> yeah, they do it. And it's, like... <sighs> yeah. Um, and then we get back to camp. And they are actually talking about who they want to vote out. Which is a new concept for us to watch. Since season one, they did not do that. You can tell that it's... I think probably a lesson learned from all of the contestants who are here now of yeah. like, it's okay if we vote for the same person and it doesn't mean that you're a bad human being if you have a discussion with someone first or... Well, it also doesn't mean that we're technically in an alliance yet because even though the vote ends up being seven to one, we don't really see any mention of an alliance among like certain groups or... And I think... From a strategic standpoint, it's probably better for the group that there are no alliances at this stage and that everybody is on the same page except the person being voted out. I agree. Because, I mean, now rather than having, you know, an alliance of four and an alliance of three or whatever it would be mm-hmm. with the seven that are left over, it's, we're still a group and we all agreed on the last vote, so. Let's be strong together and try to win the next challenge. It just feels more unifying. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's like, we don't have a real reason that we lost the last challenge, like, you know, it's still us same people going into it knowing that we need to fight hard for it to win. Right. Um, it also seems like Deb was just, like, kind of a loud mouth, and I think maybe they thought it would improve camp life if she wasn't around, even if she was a hard worker. Because yeah, no, I agree with that. Because they were all so annoyed with her beginning with the walk to find camp. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, if she's making comments to people about other people already, bringing like throwing the Jeff down. under the bus, yeah. yeah. So, I'm not opposed to mm-hmm. her being on the chopping block. Yeah, I think probably what was a real nail in her coffin, though, from what from that conversation you mentioned that we see between Jeff and Alicia, is that Deb started telling people um, that Jeff wanted to go home, and I think as soon as he caught wind of that, he was going around saying, "I don't want to go. I want to stay here. I don't know why she's saying that." And then he seemed like he was maybe starting to get better. Uh, I mean, if he made the trek all the way up to the top of that ginormous waterfall, he's clearly okay. Yeah, he's functioning. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. And now they'll have fire, so they'll be able to eat more. If at the first vote you're already lying about what someone said just to get them voted out first, like, I don't want you staying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, their tribal tribal council location was... nuts (laughs) it's pretty spectacular Mm -hmm. it was pretty i wish we could see it during the day because i bet that's like gorgeous although it also might be where jeff was filming the um preview Mm -hmm. because well you guys may not have watched it but we did last week um he seemed to be on like a giant 
I don't know, stone Oh, slab. no, he did mention, because he was like, oh, yeah, this is where they're going to hike up to tribal. So, you're right. Oh, look at me go. Sorry. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, so they don't get fired by the time they show up. Deb mentions that she uh, tried everything the books told her to do. Mm. And I forgot that Jeff always used to ask about whether there was a leader yet or not. Um, Roger identifies Mike as the leader. And Mike seems happy with that. Like, there's still not this weird stigma about leadership that we get later on. Well, and Roger wasn't, I mean, he identified Mike, but he wasn't, like, calling out Mike either. He wasn't saying, like, oh, this is a bad thing. Like, he's very bossy. And we all hate him for it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he's our leader. Like, we're okay if he speaks for us. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And they were all, okay, when they went to go vote, they were all wearing this weird type of bone necklace. Yeah, I didn't notice that. You caught it. It looked like kind of... I don't know, maybe they all had different, like, squirrel or mice or rat skeletons I, I or no something yeah. on, like, twine chains around yeah. their necks. At first I thought, oh, they were passing it to the next person who was voting, but then I was like, no, these are different. It was cute. It's nice. A little bit. Like, well, not the actual <laughs> necklaces. Like, I'm not buying one. I just mean, as, as a gesture as of a unity, tribe. Yeah. it's cute. Yeah. I didn't catch if Deb was wearing one. I think she was. Would have been she can take she it home wasn't. with her. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so Deb ends up getting five votes. Varner got one, and Jeff was like, oh, there's no reason to read the other two. But, I mean, Deb did end up getting seven to one vote, so. She did not. She was she was nice on her way out. Like, she didn't say yeah. anything mean, and she wished them well. Um, but in her confessional, she was like, I bet I was voted out seven to one. And it's like, you were. Yes. She was like, well, I wish it would have been because I wasn't pulling my weight, but I was. And I was like, okay, well, you were also not enjoyable to spend time with, so. Yeah. And I feel like people always think that of like, I was doing what I was supposed to do. And it's like, well, but this game is also partially about how much people want you to be there. There is a social component. And they didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So I think. Who would you have voted out? Probably Deb. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. My It would have been, for me, surprisingly not between, like, the older people in the tribe, because usually, like, I would want to keep the tribe strong at this stage. Um, but, I mean, I found Roger to be pleasant, and he did well in the challenge. Um, and so it would have been between Deb, for me, for obvious reasons, and Kimmy, because... She would have probably been my runner-up. I don't think we would vibe. Yeah. I I don't like Kimmy. I didn't see her doing things around camp much, but I'm sure she must have been because no one was really complaining about it. Mm-hmm. And after that first night, no one really mentions her being loud at night again, so maybe someone like... Said maybe don't do that. Yeah, talked her <laughs> down from doing that again, but she seems annoying. She seems strong, though. Yeah. So. You know, maybe she's a good person to keep around till post-merge so that she can annoy everyone on the jury. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Yeah, mine was from Colby because I just thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. He said, when I wake up in the morning, there's two things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful I'm alive and I'm thankful I'm a Texan. <laughs> I'm not thankful you're a Texan, Colby. That was a minus point for me. <laughs> And, I might... and he, he does admit that he brought the flag as, like, for use. That's good. That is good. Which is smart, I think. Yeah. And no wonder they kind of put a kibosh on people bringing <laughs> personal items if 
it's like a useful person. The second <laughs> season, and he's like, I brought us a tarp. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, mine was from Jeff Varner. He said, just because we have said what we were going to do doesn't mean it's going to happen. And I really respected that as them actually talking to each other and trying to strategize and planning what they were going to do ahead of time instead of each voting for a different person at Tribal. Mm-hmm. But then him also recognizing that he can't trust these people yet, there aren't alliances, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. I think Jeff kind of arises as the first strategic thinker during this season because he's the one that hears that it might be him and doesn't scramble but does something about it. Right. And I think, I mean, I don't know that someone else would have had that same thought of, oh, they might vote me out because I'm sick, I should go check in. Mm -hmm. But he does. And, I mean, Alicia's makes the decision on her own to tell him it's not like he was digging and digging and digging yeah um they're a cute little pair if they choose to team up they are yeah i do have a question which tribe would you have wanted to be on so early i think it's hard to say um i don't feel like there's a weak tribe or a strong tribe right now because Mm -hmm. they were both pretty close together they both seem like they have pretty big personalities but there hasn't been a ton of like unbearable conflict yet on either side Mm -hmm. so i don't know probably ogacore i think um i really like elizabeth i really like roger i I like a lot of people on the blue tribe but i think i don't know between having keith as a chef on the other (laughs) side um and strong dudes like Colby and I think Mitchell was over there too right mm-hmm. um even though we don't we have no idea who some of these people are yeah like, and I'm still <laughs> forgetting their names to this point like I'm really trying but and I think I don't know Jerry Jerry and Kimmy seem to be both doing the annoying girl role so I wouldn't have to worry about being branded as that like mm-hmm. they seem very balanced yeah I again. agree I'd also probably pick Ogacore just based on this first episode um, but we'll see how that plays I out I know later. that that will not be true later. Yes. 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 <laughs> would you have people that you would have wanted to align with from day one? Um. From either tribe, if you were on either? On Kuja, probably Elizabeth, Roger. I don't know. I pretty much liked all of them. Like, even, I wouldn't even mind aligning with Kimmy if it got me further in the game. Like, she's irritating, but not to the point where I'm like, I can't. Literally shut up. Yeah. yeah. Um. On Ogacore, not Jerry. <laughs> Probably Amber, Colby, Keith, maybe. I didn't really have a problem with Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree on on Ogacore. It would definitely be Amber and Tina didn't get, like, Colby any screen time at all. I was all, surprised. Because I was watching for it because yeah. we know she makes it pretty far. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would have definitely <laughs> picked Colby and Amber and... Probably I would have picked Tina if I got to see her on screen. If we knew who she was at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but on Kucha, I probably would have aligned with Jeff at this point. Oh, yeah. I do like Jeff. And I like Alicia. They would have been another good Yeah, Jeff and Alicia. I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Shall we, we do some birthdays? Yes. There are no birthdays on April 17th. So, April 18th, happy birthday to Christina Coria from season 13, Artis Sylvester from season 25, and Julia Carter from season 38. 
on April 19th, happy birthday to Cassandra Franklin from season 14. On April 20th, we have Alex Angarita from season 14. We don't have any birthdays on April 21st, but on April 22nd, happy birthday to Billy Garcia from season 13, Natalie White from season 19, and Stephanie Gonzalez from season 36. And to wrap out our week, we had no birthdays on April 23rd. Yeah, I something against those April birthdays, apparently. <laughs> All right, so that about wraps us. I'm Hannah. I'm Kylie. And thanks for listening to Back Up for Grabs. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram Back Up for Grabs, Twitter Back Up for Grabs underscore. Or you can email us at backupforgrabspod at gmail.com.